And the Lord he truly wants to bless this morning and will bless this morning. The book of Genesis, the 18th chapter. And I want you to hold your places there. When you get there, say amen. I want you to hold your place there. And then I want you to go to 2 Timothy 2.20. Now remember, hold your place in Genesis, okay? I'll give you time to get there because this is a very important message this morning. And God just wants to bless his people. That's all he's going to do. Say amen when you get to 2 Timothy 2, verse 20. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we lift you up, Father. We lift up this congregation before you, Father, and we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you for thinking enough about us, Lord, that we would be able to be here and to congregate together with this assembly, Father. We thank you. And we ask you, Lord, that you will continue to bless us and stretch forth your hand of mercy upon us. For you are worthy, Lord, to be praised. And we thank you for your dynamic power that you have given unto us. Now, Father, as we draw nigh to the true day of full redemption, we ask, Father, that you will continue to love us and keep us and guide us in Jesus' name. We pray that the church says, Amen. If you, if you see there in the title of this message, God's anointed favor in you. How many of y'all know that God really has favor in your life? But you have to believe that. Believe that God wants you to be the best that you can be. Believe that. It's only through you believing that that you will ever come to the knowledge and the understanding of who and what God is in you. God has some great things for you. But you have to get your mind in position to receive it. Amen? I said you have to get your mind in position to receive it. So that means that there's going to be a renewal or a retraining of the way you think and the way you feel about things. Now that's the hard part. Because somewhere along between feeling and reality, there's this gap called life. That's where the training comes in at. What you're going to do between your feeling and the reality of the situation, there's some training involved. And if we train ourselves the correct way, then the feelings that we have that's going to harm us will dissipate. And it'll bring forth a new day of feelings which will cause us to glorify God and be glorified in him. Now the book says in 2 Timothy 2.20 that in every great house, in a great house there are vessels of gold, vessels of silver, vessels of wood, Vessels of earth. Am I in the right place? Vessels of earth. Some to do what? Honor. And some to dishonor. Is that what it says? Okay, let's break this down. 
because you really got to understand what God's anointed favor in you is all about. You got to catch this word. Now, when you look at the house, it say every, in every great house, right? In a great house. We're all great houses of God, right? See, so first of all, you can't look at yourself as being defeated, but you have to look at the greatness in you. Because the Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That's word, right? So that's true then, right? So if that's the fact, then that greatness that's in us makes us a great house, right? Because this is the house right here. See, you got to understand this first before you can understand what faith is. You've got to understand what this is here. This is the great house. Okay. Now, from this house goes, we go to the house of the assembly, the local assembly, which is a great house, correct? And from that, we go to the universal church or the universal house of God, correct? But it all starts where? Right. It all starts first here. So this is the great house first. All right. But in that great house, there are several tight vessels. And some of those vessels dishonor that great house, right? And some of those vessels honor it, right? All right. Gold represents the purity of the spirit. In a great house, God's pureness of his spirit is there, correct? God's revelatory knowledge is there in a great house. Silver, correct? In a great house, there is wood there. Wood represents the strength of God, okay? In a great house, there is the strength of the Lord because the Bible said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, correct? But also, in a great house, there are earth, right? That's the earthly thing. We all got a little bit of that in us, don't we? We all got a little bit of that in us. See, that's the stuff that are dishonest right there. In every great house, there is gold, silk, wood, but there's earth also. Some of these things are honor God, but some of these things will dishonor God. The things of the world will dishonor God. But it's still a great house. You understand? Yeah. It said in every, or in a great house, there are vessels of gold, silver, wood, earth, some to honor, some to dishonor. So we have to understand that when we fall short from God, that still don't take our place as being a great house. Yeah. Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? Y'all understand this? I'm trying to teach y'all who y'all are in God in accordance to his word. Because we're living in a time now where everything is just crazy. All right? Before I get any further than this, I'm going to give you an example. Let's deal with something. Let's look at the fact. Y'all remember the Tower of Babel back in Genesis? Everybody heard about that. You know, when they built the tower, they were all in one language, and they wanted to build this tower all in heaven, right? And what did they build it out of? Bricks, right? And what did they hold it together with? Mortar. What kept, the mortar was the slime. They used the slime for the mortar to hold it together. Okay. Now here's what happens. There are stones and there are bricks. Don't ever 
make the mistake of thinking that a stone is a brick, because it's not. A stone represents God's individuality. Every stone out there is made by God through nature, right? But every brick is made by man. You understand? All bricks look the same. They shape the same. They may be different colors, but they still shape. If it's a brick, it's shaped the same. Okay? Now notice now, what they wanted to do was, they wanted to build this tower from brick. So man wants to take and do away with the stone, your individuality. He wants to do away with that. Your identity is found in Christ. That's where your identity is. Man wants to do away with that, church. And then what man wants to do is, after he do away with that, he wants to make everybody a brick. In other words, he wants to make everybody look the same, think the same, do the same. Okay? Now, how does he hold it together after he makes the brick to build the, the tower? Hmm? He uses the slime, which is the mortar. Now, you know what that is? The mortar is materialism. So what he does is he'll take, and he'll take the materialism of the world, because that's what everybody wants. In church or out of church, they strung out on materialism. And if they say they're not, they're lying, the truth ain't there. You know, that's why you have to be conscious of yourself at all times, because self will take you to a place of being a brick and not a stone. And you'll forget who you are. Now you will allow somebody else to tell you who you are, like Nike, like iPod. See, that's the mortar that holds the bricks together. And what happened is, is now, remember, they done took God out of it. So now what you got is, you've got a brick made from materialism. You've got a bunch of people running around that's held together by what they got. What kind of car they got, what kind of clothes they wear, what kind of, you don't know, house they live in, what kind of iPod they got. They got one phone next year, they bring out another. Don't take a year, they bring out another one. Then you want that See, everything, you see, see, that's how, that's the mortar that's holding everybody together. But what's going to happen when they take the mortar from you and it collapses? What's going to happen when the materialistic economy collapses to the people? What's going to happen? All the bricks. What's going to happen to the bricks? You think about it. It's going to be, oh, what a great fall Jesus said it's going to be. A great problem. So I got to tell you that to get you to where God wants to take you. God wants you to understand that his anointed favor is on your life. He's not telling you to look at the situation. He's saying, who reports you going to believe in Isaiah? I think 53 or 54 verse 1, one of those chapters there. Who reports you going to believe? You're going to believe the report of man? See, when you remove the stone, what you've done is you've made, you, you, you've taken God out of the equation, and now you become a brick, and now man is your God. Because man makes the brick. And he wants all of us to look the same. He wants all of us to be caught up in debt so that we can have something to talk about and relate to each other with. I don't think y'all hear me now. So, so as long as we're all in debt, 
And as long as we're all suffering together, we can look at each other. While they're living good, we can all look to them to do this for us, to do that for us. And they can tell you lies, and you'll go and vote for them. And then the next one come in, he'll tell you lies, and you go vote for him. You see, it's a sucker punch. You punch drunk. There ain't nothing going to change nothing except Jesus Christ. And it better be in you. If your faith is anywhere else, then you hung up on the mortar and you're a brick. And when the mortar is left, when it's taken away, you, you don't, you're not going to have anything. I'm just trying to help you this morning. Nothing is going to be there. So the word of the Lord says in the fifth chapter of Psalms, verse 12. Now, skip, don't hold your place in Genesis. Because I want to talk to you about favor. Psalms chapter 5, verse 12, talks about a thing called favor. It says that the Lord will bless the righteous, those who are in right act with God, those who have accepted Jesus, Psalms 5, 12. Those that have accepted Jesus and has allowed him to be their Savior. He says, that places you in a right act with me. Therefore, I'm going to bless the righteous. And then he talks about how he's going to, with favor, he's going to compass them as with a shield. How many of y'all know that favor is a shield? Now that word favor means that he's going to promote you above everybody else. Now that's God's word. God said, I'm going to bless the righteous and with favor I'm going to accomplish you as with a shield. In other words, I'm going to promote you and I'm going to look kindly toward you and I'm going to look graciously toward you and I'm going to do things for you that the world couldn't do for you, no man can do for you, no woman can do for you, I'm going to do this for you. Because what I do for you, can't nobody else do for you. But in order for you to understand that, you've got to get in where favor is. Now, House of Destiny is at a place right now where we're in a hurricane winds, a category three hurricane winds of favor. And we're throwing many irons in the fire. Many irons. And what's happening is, is that, remember I told you, there's new things coming. And see, Satan goes to work heavyweight when he see God moving on house of death because he's scared of death of us. He always has been, he always will be. Right when things get to moving, watch how people get distracted. But God said, no, favor. I've got favor on your life. Be still and know that I'm God. Because Satan is going to come and try to take us out of the winds of the hurricane where favor is. So we're in an enormous place right now with favor. And the winds are strong in favor toward us. And God is doing things, and he will continue to do these things. And God wants us to know that we are a blessed people. Now, let's go back to Genesis. In the book of Genesis, in the book of Genesis, the 18th chapter, 
In the book of Genesis, the 18th chapter, we're at Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. And I want you to look and see what the word of the Lord says. Are we there? The word of the Lord says that, and the Lord appeared unto him, talking about Abraham. Abraham is a representation of our faith. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. The plains of Mamre is that place of strength, of our vigor. See, until you become strong in the Lord, that's why the Bible says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Maybe the 10th verse. And he says, you cannot see God. The Lord will not appear to you in a weak position. The Lord will appear to you in a place of strength in him in order for him to show you what he's going to do. Now, he'll come to you in your weakness, but that's because you're in your weakness don't mean that you're in a weak position. Because in your weakness, you're really at a strong place with God, according to his word. Because he said, in our weakness, he's made strong in us. So when we're weak, he's strong in us. So it's a benefit not to get too cocky. You know what I'm saying? It's a benefit to be humble. It's a benefit when God is blessing you with finances or whatever, you know, to walk humbly with that thing. You know, it's a benefit. It's a benefit. So God says that Hebrews 12, 12 talks about how he tells us how we need to confirm, strengthen our hands or lift up our hands and our feeble knees. You see, see, because until our hands and our feeble knees are, are strengthened in this thing, then we're not going to be able to see God even if he comes and says, hello. We won't even be able to see God when he's trying to speak to us. But you see Abraham. Abraham was watching for him. You know why Abraham was watching for him? Because years ago, he had spoke a word to Abraham. Told Abraham to get thee out of thy country, away from your kingdom, and away from your family, and go into the land which I show you. See, he had spoke that thing to him. He said, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to make all the nations of the earth blessed in you. Through you, Abraham. See, he spoke that word to Abraham. Abraham was waiting on that. He had already told Abraham that his wife was going to have a baby and she was barren and old. Abraham was waiting on this. Now watch what Abraham was doing here. See, you got to be expecting something in life Amen. from God. Amen. You can't go around woe is in me. Amen. You see, you've got, to, you've got to get into the word of God and understand that, okay, God, if I put myself in you, you abide in me, then whatsoever I ask for, you'll do it for me. Things are happening in my life. Amen. But you, it, it, it ain't a one or two day thing, though. It's a lifestyle. See, we can't, we, we can't play with it now. 
So he says here that the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of memory, in the place of his visit. And he sat. Look what he did. He sat. That means he was settled in. He was fixed. The Bible says in Psalms 57, 7, that my heart is fixed. See, is anybody's heart fixed on this thing? Are you fixed toward Jesus? I mean, really now, are you fixed toward Jesus? Because if you're not, it's okay. Just be truthful about it and get fixed. If you're not fixed, admit it and get fixed. That's what you have to do now. If you want God to bless you with his anointed favor. So the word of the Lord says, and he sat. He was settled in the tent door in the heat of the day. In other words, Abraham's mind was set on what the Lord had told him. He was fixed. His heart was fixed in it. And because of this, he lifted up his eyes in verse 2. And he did what? Look. And lo, three men stood by him. Three means the resurrection. Second Corinthians 5.17 tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. In other words, he's a resurrected man. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You see, Abraham, because he was settled in, his heart was fixed. The Lord appeared to him in his place of strength. While he was settled in the tent door in the heat of the day. And when he saw these three men, and when he saw them, he said, he ran to meet them. See, see that's another thing we need to do. Is when we see Jesus, we need to run toward him. We need to learn to run toward him. Because it says he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself unto the ground. And when we go to meet him, we need to be humble. We need to be humble when we go to meet Jesus. And say, my Lord, call him Lord with a capital A. Say, my Lord, if now I have found what? Favor. The word favor, I told you, it means to promote, to be promoted above, your, above another, for God to promote you above others. It also means to stoop in kindness to an inferior. When God shows favor toward us, do you not know that God stoops down in kindness toward an inferior called man? Do you do know we are inferior beings, don't you? Since sin came into our lives. You do know that, don't you? Do you not know that God stoops down? He came from heaven down. He's God. He took off his glorified robe as God and came down, people. He stooped and became a servant unto men. The Bible tells us that God created man in the image and the likeness of him, which is spiritual and celestial. That's what he said. That's what the word of God says. But over in the book of Philippians, the second chapter, we see where Jesus came down and he flipped the script. Jesus came down, and guess what? He became in the likeness of men. You see how it flipped? First it was God made man in his image. Then God came down and made himself in our image, like in the likeness of a man. It's in the book. Philippians, 
the second chapter. So that's a wonderful thing, that God would stoop down to somebody like us and help us and guide us and, and, and die for us. I mean, this is some serious business that God would do such a great thing as that. I mean, that, that's hard for me. When, 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 I, when I really started reading that and seeing that, I'm saying, Lord, you know, like, I'm, look, insight with God is forever growing. That which is basic is never basic with God because it, it always grows further and further and further. You know, it opens itself up more and more and more and more and more. So, what happens is, is that he stooped and he, and, and, and he says to the Lord, he says now, in, I'm in Genesis 18, verse 3, y'all. He said, and said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, he said, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. He saw him coming. And he said, now look, if I found favor in your sight, if now, see that's the key word, now. If now I found favor. You know why you say, if now, he put that word if there? Because he remembered what God had told him on here that he was going to show him favor. Now he waited on this, see? See, when God speaks something to us, we receive. This is what we got to do, church. When the Lord speaks something to us, we got to grab a hold to it, like Abraham did. Abraham didn't see it the next day, sis. Abraham didn't see that thing the next day. It took a while. And Abraham went through some changes. And Abraham made some mistakes along the way. Remember in a great house, there are things that dishonor and honor? Well, Abraham was a great man. He had a great house. But he still did some things that was wrong. He still made some mistakes, people. So here's God, and he's trying to figure out, here's Abraham, he's trying to figure out when is this going to come to pass. Now he's not rushing God, but he's expecting what God told him to come to pass. Are you expecting anything this morning? If God says that anointing of favor is on your life, are you expecting that or is just another Sunday morning message? See, that's up to you what you want to do with it. It could have been just another Sunday morning message when Abraham heard the Lord say, get thee out of thy country and away from thy kindred. Get away from it and go into the land. He could have said, I don't know about that, Lord. Am I hearing God? But no, he didn't say that. He just received it and went. He didn't even know where he was going. See, favor don't tell you where you're going. Favor just drops favor on you as you go. And you know that you're in the right place as you're walking with it. Because God got a way of making it happen when it ain't even supposed to happen. You can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. It seems like God works best for us when we out on a limb, a burnt limb, 200 feet up in the air, and the limb cracking. And then God will just seem like something. He'll just send down a lifeline, throw out the lifeline, and pull it back up. It seems to me like that. Have you ever been in a place where you really didn't know what you, I mean, you just didn't know how you were going to get out of it? Yeah. And I mean, you hollered and you screamed and you begged God. And you, you know what? You was at your best state of faith, wasn't you? Yeah. 
That's how God likes it. He likes us in a corner like that, where he can step on the scene and show us his miraculous power and let us know, hey, I'm with you. I've been with you the whole time. I didn't let you sweat a little bit. Hey, Lord, we must stop me from sweating. When you going to stop me from sweating? When you going to stop me from sweating? That's the question. So the word of the Lord says in Genesis 18, verse 3, he said, my Lord, now if I found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. In other words, I don't want you to pass me by on this, Lord. I want to catch this. Well, let's go on over to Genesis 39, 21. Genesis 39, 21. Genesis 39, 21. Because we're dealing with favor. The topic, once again, is the anointed favor of God in you. Amen. You got to catch that in you. God's got his favor in you. He got his favor in you. But you got to understand that favor stirs up the enemy and causes him to try to knock you out of the box and keep you from your task. That's what, yeah, he'll do that. It's a fight. That's why we've got to understand the fight that each other is that we're going through. That's why we call ourselves family. We got to understand the fight. You think the devil, if the devil knows you got something good over here, you think the devil just gonna let you walk to it and get it? Oh no. He's gonna fight you. He's gonna try to destroy. That's his job. Our job is to stay fixed on him. His job is to discourage you to keep you from getting what God got for you. And where a lot of us go wrong at is that we fall for the open door. We let that devil dictate to us, not realizing that the thief came but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his job to take from you. That's why in the multitude of counsel dwells safety. Because all of us are unconscious of what the devil is doing to us sometimes. Come on now. But if you're around the right folks, they'll remind you. They won't condemn you. They'll just remind you. It ain't about condemning nobody. It's about keeping us abreast of what the devil's trying to do to us. Yeah. That's what it's all about. It's all about family. Without family, we got nothing. No man's an island unto himself. Without family, we don't have anything. Now look at Genesis 39, verse 21. Genesis, chapter 39, verse 21. This is the word of the Lord. It says, but, it's a conjunction, but. That means something's going on. But then God throw a butt up in there. In other words, there's about to be a twist. But the Lord was with who? Joseph. See, we've gone from one personality. Now we're going to another personality. But look, favor's going to be with him too. He's going to be, yes sir. See, 
I, what I'm trying to say to you, church, is we're all in to be. Remember the great house? 2 Timothy 2.20. In, in a great house, there are gold, silver, wood, earth, some of dishonor, some of honor. Every one of us, every one of us are individuals. And God's favor works in every one of our lives different, but it's still favor. And it's favor tailored for your life. You've got to understand that. Don't ever look at what somebody else is doing. See what God is doing in your life. Did you hear me, church? Because that's another ploy of the devil. Looking at what other people do. No. The kingdom of God is within. So you need to look within. Because the way of God is where? Psalm 77, 13. In the sanctuary. Which sanctuary we are. Okay? So if you're looking for an answer, you got to go inside the kingdom. It's inside of yourself. And this book will direct you to that place. So the word Joseph means let him add. That's what it means. Addition. Let God add. Let him add. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him what? Favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. You see what God will do? See, what we are in prison when we're in the world. Give me church now. Now you, you better catch this word. Don't let this word get by because the devil will try to trick you. Now y'all know that world will put you in bondage. You'll get, you'll get caught up out there and that world will mess you up. That world will have you running at everything. That world will have you depressed too. Because when you're out there in that world, that means you've got to deal with people. And any time you're dealing with people, you've got hell on your hands. Amen. Amen? Amen? It's hard enough dealing with Christian folk. Now what you think you got when you out there? Amen. Come on, let's be real about it. Let's just be real. How some of these demons are on them jobs and stuff. Let's be real about this thing. Let's not play. Let's understand what God is trying to tell us. But even in the sight, even while you're in your bondage, God says he gave favor to Joseph, mm. even in the sight of his keeper of the prison. So do you not know that when favor is on your life, that that thing that's got you in bondage will have to bow down and give you a break. That's what God's trying to tell you there. Joseph was in prison, people, but he got a break. He had favor. I don't understand what favor is. See, what God does, God puts us in positions in life, situations in life, and then he shows his favor so that he can show up, so that he can be glorified. Because you know you ain't supposed to have it in the condition you're in. But in spite of your condition, bang, I'm going to throw you a bone anyway. I'm going to throw it to you anyway. It's because of favor. Because I got my eye My God. That's favor. That's God's anointed favor. But see, you got to believe this. You see, because faith without works is dead. Believing is an action. You got to accept this. Abraham, when he heard the word, he went looking for what God had told him. 
and he was patiently waiting for God to give him the next step. He was waiting on this thing. He said, now if I found favor in thy sight, don't pass me by. Because you told me something way over here years ago. And I'm waiting on this thing. I'm waiting. So the word of the Lord says that he had favor, Joseph did, in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Let's go to Exodus 3.21. Exodus 3, 21. We're going to scroll here. This is what favor going to do. I'm going to show you something here. I ain't got to hoop this. All I got to do is lay this in your soul. I guarantee you it'll make you jump if you, if you catch it. But God don't want you jumping in here. He wants you jumping in your life. You understand what I'm trying to say? Watch this word here. Please watch this word. Exodus 3, 21. Are we there? Amen. Watch this. And I will do what? Give this people. What? Father. Talk about his church, Israel. He said, I will give this people favor. Don't give it to them in the sight. Of who? In the sight of your capture. I'm going to give you favor. See, the world got us in captivity. Do you understand me, young girl? God says he's going to give you favor in, in the sight of these Egyptians, your enemies. The Bible says in Psalm 23, verse 5, that I'm going to prepare a table before you in the earth of your enemy. You know all them folks that want to see you fall? Everybody got some. If you're breathing, you got some that want to see you do bad now. But the best way to be the devil is to do good. I mean, and the only way you're going to do good is to be in Christ. Y'all better hear me. Now I'm trying to help you now. Receive this word called favor, anointed favor in your life. Because that thing will do something for you if you receive it. You've got to receive it now because God wants to do something for you, but in order for you to get it, you got to believe it. You got to believe it. Now look what he says here in verse 21. Exodus 3, 21. I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass, this is the word of the Lord, that when you go, huh, you won't be going empty. Look at the word. I might not have nothing now, but when I come out of hell's reaches, I'm not going empty. The same one that held me captive for a long time, they owe me. That same spanking world out right there that some took so much from us, they owe us. They owe us. God said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. So he's letting them gather it up just to give to us. But you got to believe it. I'm talking about favor. You can't go back up in there and leave up out of here two hours later. You got your head down looking crazy. You got to remember what the word of God says. I don't want to preach to you anymore. I want to teach you. Because I get the cutting up in here, I'll cut something out of you. 
I don't want to escape. But I want you to learn and understand what God has for you in your life. Because too many church folk leave the church, read two hours later, and they done forgot what the preacher said. Well, what did he talk about? Well, we had a good time. Well, what did we do? We hollered. We rolled on the floor. Oh, yeah. We bat our head. We jumped. The preacher was jumping over the pews. Yeah, he was doing all that. But what did he say? Well, you missed it. You missed it. You missed it. Because God said, when you leave, he said, you're not going to leave empty. So when you, when you leave Egypt, you're going to take some of the Egyptian spoils with you. Some of them things that work, God is going to. Some of them things you think you've been missing, you know how it is when we don't want to turn certain things loose. Oh, come on now, be real with me. We think we're losing something. You ain't got nothing no way. That ain't nothing but a headache. You're trying to hold on to something that's giving you a headache? Turn it loose. Free yourself. God says that, 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 that where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He says, whom the Son set free is free indeed. You see, because every time that thing try to pull you back to Egypt, you say, I'm free. Then we thank a lot, I'm free. You got to remember, you, your heart got to be fixed on this thing. You know, you got to be fixed. You got to be worthy of the calling. And the only thing that qualifies us to be worthy of the calling is simply that we receive Jesus Christ and walk in the way. That's all. He said, you ain't going to go away empty. And I believe him. So Exodus 11, 3. He's just going from one to another, showing him. Now look what happened here. Are we there? Amen. Exodus 11, 3. He said, and the Lord gave the people what? Now Still giving them favor. Still giving favor. Have you not noticed by now that everybody that's connected with the Lord, he keeps showing them favor? Have you not? Do you see it? He's going from one to the other. He got a track record, don't he? He got a track record of giving his people favor. He got a track record on it. That's why we're just strolling down through there, showing you his track record. He says here in 11.3, and the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses, now Moses means deliverer. So he's talking to those of us who've been delivered. That means people been delivered in the house? Well, that's who he's talking to. He's talking to some people that's been delivered. He said, moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land. The person that's been delivered by God becomes a great house. Remember the great house? It don't make no difference about the mistakes you've made. To dishonor that house, if you're a great house, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.20, great house got vessels that dishonor, there are some things in it that dishonor, but there are some things in it that honor too, but it's still a great house. That's what I like about God. I'm talking about favor, y'all. I'm talking about unmerited favor toward man from God. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a God that would stoop down out of heaven to an inferior being and die. Not only that, but wash his foot 
His feet and foot. Mm -hmm. And had the gall to say, I didn't come to, to be served, but I come to serve. A lot of preachers could learn that. A lot of them. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt. Right in the world. Very great. In the sight of Pharaoh's servant and in the sight of other people. See, God's going to make it look great in, in front of everybody. Because, see, regardless of where they want to admit it or not, if you do good and allow God to glorify you, whether they like you or not, they'll have to respect you. Amen. They'll have to do that. It's time out for you being disrespected. By something. And, and, and you know what? Well, you know, when I was in the streets and I was on drugs and everything like that, you know, here it is, these chumps. I'll make you inferior. Make you think that you ain't nothing. You know what I'm saying? But in all essence, they wasn't nothing. But you couldn't see it because, you know, you were in the wrong position. See, you done got out of position with yourself. You see? See, see you done, you took yourself off the place that God gave you to be. Or we all indeed now, in some way, form, or fashion. Every one of us has sold ourselves short. In some way, form, or fashion. And you got some little twerk over here trying to make you look like a chump. So that he can make his inferior self feel good. You understand what I'm saying? And then when you think about it, it just makes you sick. But it was good therapy. Good therapy. I'm just talking about it as a man. But you women, y'all have done it too. So nobody's exempt. We all just got to hand up and say, okay, I don't want to go there no more. Cause, because that ain't about nothing there. 2 Samuel 2.26. Let's just roll on. Still talking about favor. Still talking about favor. It's a wonderful thing. 2.26. Samuel. First Samuel, I mean. First Samuel 226, excuse me. Y'all don't shoot. <laughs> don't, do the, don't, don't do the Yosemite Sam over. Y'all know him? Huh? Us old folk, we know about him. He'll pull a gun in a heartbeat. He got crazy. He just shoot up and salute. First Samuel 226. Are we there? Look here. And the child, and the child, Samuel, the word Samuel means heard of God. It's good we got here, yeah. Uh-huh. We got some Samuels in the house. Mm -hmm. It's good when God hears you, because watch what's going to happen here. When God hears you, the child Samuel grew. He grew on and was in favor, <laughs> both with the Lord and with men. See, that's another thing favor do for you. Y'all often hear me talk about just that one person that Donald Trump 
or that Warren Buffett. Favor will not only give you favor in the sight of the Lord, but that anointed favor from God will make a man open his pocketbook up for you too. You have to believe that. You don't have to be no con artist. You just got to be real with God. Be real with God. You know what I'm saying? Your little old body can't do for you what God do for you. That's right. Give God a try. He'll show you what favor is and you'll and, and you hold your integrity. So we show enough will. It's time out for selling for living. That's over. It's time out for that. Don't tell yourself short. No more. What's done is done. Forget it. But let's not do it no more. Let's go forward. Let's go forward. Because God said, hey, if you do it the way I'm telling you, I'm going to give you favor both with me and with me. So whatever you need, often think about Ruth. How Ruth came, she went through her ordeal. And then she came and she was out there gleaning the field. And Boaz, the man that owned the field, came back. Threatened all his servants and said, you better not touch her. Next thing you knew, he was married to her. That's faith. That's faith. See, God will put you where you just God got a funny way about him. But you got to trust him. See, his ways ain't like ours. That's what he said in Isaiah, 28 chapter, I believe. His ways ain't like ours. His thoughts are not like ours. They're different. High as the heaven is from the earth. Now let's go over here to Esther 2.15, because Esther going to show us something here. The book of Esther. Esther. Everybody there? The book of Esther, 215. Esther's right before me and mine. Over there? Everybody there? Y'all are good. Y'all better than I am. Beat me out. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I do. Because that means that you guys are, 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 are doing your job. You know? Because, see, you go to most churches, man, them those who don't know where the Bible books are. I mean, they just... I mean, they'd be lost, man. A Bible, what are you talking about? We just come to hear the preacher. Well, the preacher might be telling you a lie. How you know you? How you know? Follow that joker. He could be lying to you. But I want you to see what Sister Esther is doing. The word Esther means hidden or mystery. You got it? Now, the kingdom of God, that's that thing that's hid in us, right? It's that mystery. That's that Esther in us, Okay. Now, I want you to follow this word real close now. You've got to follow this word real close. See, this thing's about the word now. There are a lot of good things happening in the church, but this thing is about the word. Now, watch this word. Because God is trying to show you what it takes. How many, I put it like this. How many of y'all want to be married to a king? I mean, truthfully. Ain't many of them raising their hands. 
Maybe they think they ain't good enough to be married to the church. <coughs> but let me ask one more time. How many want to be married to the king? Amen. 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 That's a little better. Still got some work to do, don't you? Still got a little work to do. It's all right. But look here, for those of us that want to be married to the king, look at this word. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihel, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go into the king. She required nothing but what Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. And Esther obtained what? Favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. That's a whole lot of deep stuff right there. I'm going to have to come down here on the floor. Tell them how to show you some things here. Some going to catch it, some aren't. Got to put your kid's thinking cap on, spiritual cap. Watch this. Esther is that spiritual hidden secret place in us. That kingdom that's inside of us. See, we got something inside of us that's an awesome thing of God. Now, here's the thing. Wherever a kingdom is, there's a king right or wrong. Right? Can't be no kingdom without a king, right? Okay. Now, Esther played by the rules, so she got to see the king. In order for us to see the king, we got to play by the rules. You understand? Now, the kingdom is inside. Now, the king is where the kingdom is, right? Wherever his kingdom is, he is, right? So if you want to see the king, you got to do what? Play by the rules, right? We all in agreement with that, right? Okay. Esther played by the rules. Watch what she did. Esther, that kingdom which is in us, that hidden place, what she did was, you got to understand that God has a divine season for every one of us. Your season might not be mine. Got it? But everybody got their season. There are four seasons in a revolution. We talked about the other day about how we have to do certain things in each season in order to bring forth what's to come forth in the next season. Right? If you don't plant nothing in the spring, it ain't going to come up in the summer, right? You know how that goes. All right. Now, Esther is like all the rest of us. God has a divine time for all of us where he's going to do certain things in our life. See, we're at a place right now with this ministry as a whole where God is going to do some great things and some different things and some different things are happening in some people's lives already. You know, things are changing. Things are changing, you see. And the people that's in on this and coming in on this, see, they're coming in and they're going to be mixed in the pot of that thing called that hurricane of favor. See, they're coming in at the right season where God is changing the face of it. Remember the little baby that was in the cup? With the, with the wide face and the beautiful eyes. You see, you don't crawl out the cup now. And you done got cleaned up and you still got some beautiful big eyes and you got teeth now. Yeah. 
You got to choose one. That means he's eating more, he's doing more, he's more energetic. You understand? What I'm trying to say is God is bringing people in that's more energetic to do. You see, because it's going to take uh, more energetic people to get us to the next place where we're going. You understand what I'm saying? And I told y'all he would be doing that because that's what he said to me. As well as my wife. He told her too. Now, the word of the Lord says that when it's come time for her, her turn. Remember Abraham? Abraham said, now, if I find favor in your sight, don't pass me by. It was his turn. Esther's turn. Esther is that secret place inside of her. Now, this is what she had to do. If you look there, you'll see that in the middle of that verse was come to go in when the time came who had taken her for his daughter. Let me just read the whole thing. Now, when the turn of Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her for his daughter, was come to go in unto the king, she required nothing but Haggai, the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed. See what happened there? She didn't require nothing except what the keeper of the king's chamber or the keeper of the women's chamber for the king told her to. She followed the instruction. Now, the word Haggai means word of meditation. He is the keeper of the women. He's over the king's chamber where the king keeps his women, right? Now, we know that the the word woman represents the spiritual insides of a person. That's that chamber. Now, I'm talking spiritual now. You, you got to come out of the natural on this. You got to go spiritual. Because I'm trying to give you a spiritual word. Now, here you'll see where Haggai, the word of meditation, he instructed that which is inside of us to keep our mind stayed on God. Meditate on the word. Because let's go to the book of Joshua 1.8. This is what happens when you keep your word, your, your mind on the word. Are we there? Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8, as y'all are getting to it, reads as this. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Sound like meditation on the word. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night. And thou mayest observe to do according, see, that's follow instruction, according to all that is written therein. And if you do that, then there's a conjunction there that says, for then, there's a conjunction, then thou shalt make thy way what? And thou shalt have what kind of success? If you follow the instruction. The only way you're going to be prosperous in life, I'm serious. You've got to follow the instruction. Now, you can do it your way if you want to. But you'll always be a day late and a dollar short. I'm trying to tell you something good now. I know from experience what I'm talking about. And trust me, I like the good life. I don't, I don't like living like a, like a pauper now. I don't like that. God didn't call me to, to live like that. No. But I had to pay my dues. I had to pay my dues. See? It just don't come. You got to walk with God on this thing, and then God will place you. He'll do it for you. 
favor. We're talking about favor now. So, the only kind of success is found in the King James Version of the Bible is right there in Joshua 1.8. It's not found nowhere else. That word success don't mean just success for yourself, but that means that you're able to teach others how to be successful in the Lord. That's what that means. He said, if you meditate on this word and do what they're written in, you'll be prosperous in your way and you'll have good success. That's what Esther did. Esther heard what God had said. Esther had, uh, 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 heard what the Chamberlain had said also. And that is Haggai. He means, it means word meditation. Isaiah 26, I think verse 2 or verse 3 tells us that he that keeps his mind stayed on me, I will keep in perfect peace. The word of meditation. So when it came time for her to go in to meet the king, the only thing that she was supposed to be clothed in was the word of God. Did y'all get that? You don't, see, see, it's too many people teaching and preaching this get your stuff to see God. That's wrong teaching. That's false teaching. See, the Bible says it's opted if you seek me first and my righteousness, I'll give you all these things. Matthew 6, 33. But we reverse it. And now when you bring the truth to the people, some of the people are like, hey man, I don't hear that. Because they want it the way, the sugar-coated way. But the word of God says if you want to be prosperous and if you want to be successful, you got to meditate on my word. In other words, if you want favor from me, you got to enjoy. You have to delight yourself in me because the Bible tells us that whosoever delight themselves in the Lord, the Lord will give them the desires of their heart. If you delight yourself in God, he will give you the desires of your heart. Of your heart. If you delight yourself in it. But that word delight there is a lifestyle. That's not a one-day thing. That's not a one-day thing. That's a lifestyle. So what Esther did was, she followed the instructions. And when Esther followed the instructions, the Bible says in Esther 2.15, last sentence here, and Esther obtained what? Favor. Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that look upon her. If you want favor, do it the way these people did. Trust in the Lord. Do it his way. Don't do it your way. How we did it our way long enough? And see where it got us. We got a lot of scars from doing it our way. Amen? Amen? See, one thing about HOD, we real up in here. Everybody ought to just strip naked. Get butt naked. No, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. That's what God wants us to do. Strip. See, that's what's wrong. We come to church now. We Ain't nobody care nothing about that, man. Y'all souls that stay up in here, man. Get naked up in here. Get that religious foolishness off you. Because don't nobody, everybody, look. Nobody cares about that. Everybody in here done screwed up. This is a hospital. 
come here to get healed. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I didn't say that. I Because this is where we are. We're in a hospital up in here. We come in and get healed from the doctor, Jesus. You know? So we come up in here and we, we, we all messed up and jacked up. And then the doctor asked him, what's wrong? And we act like ain't nothing wrong. Well, how are you going to get healed? What you in here for? See, we done cut out folk being self-righteous a long time ago. I cut that out of them a long time ago. Yeah, that's been cut out by them. Everything that was like that, gone. The word got them out of here. So, because we wanted, we wanted a church where people could come through and feel comfortable. If you hurt me, you hurt me. If you made a mistake, just sit on down. It'll be all right. We're here for you. Nobody will be like, you know, they did this and that and that. All right. You'd be escorted up out of here if you start that self-righteous stuff. Because we don't go for that. We protect our people. We're family. Somebody say family. Family. Ain't that old self-righteous garbage just in here going behind people's back, talking about them and all that kind of stuff. We don't go in for that. That ain't right. That ain't God's way. You're going to mess the favor up doing it that way, right? We want favor for everybody. We want everybody to be blessed, right? We are family. One eat all eat. Family. Whenever you seen a table, it's a sorry family that when one eat, the rest of them ain't eating. Now, hold up. That ain't right. That ain't right. So we're family. And when you're a family, it's true. When a family that pray together, stay together. You know, that's the truth about that. Family. No family, no God. You'll mess yourself up. And you can see people and they appear to look all right. But let me tell y'all something right now. Don't ever be fooled like that. And I'm going to tell you why. You cannot be ordained to God to do a job and walk away from it and be all right. Did y'all hear me? Hello? You're going to have to see God about that. And he's going to remind you. Because the anointing, the Bible says that the gifts of God and the calling of God are without repentance. In other words, God ain't going to be ashamed or he ain't going to regret that he gifted you. But you might regret it if he gifted you and all of us are gifted. But you'll regret it if you're supposed to do something and you've been ordained to do it and then you walk away from it. Oh, you didn't get away. Because I told y'all last week, I think, that God got more time than we got. And you might look like it. It takes a while for cancer to grow. It takes a while to see that wart all over your body because it might be somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? And then, but, it, but it won't be long and everybody see it. Everybody see it. So what I'm saying, church, is this. Stay in the favor of God. Let God be your guide. And let God teach you the way that you need to do these things because God will protect us. We are not capable as human beings to protect ourselves. We're not capable of doing it. All you got to do is look back down memory lane. Just look back down through there where you try to do it on your own. And then you will come to the conclusion and the understanding that, okay, I can't do this on my own. 
but I need God. Deacon, y'all come on up. Yeah. Do what God, God bless y'all.